George Will in his column today in the Washington Post. Negotiations did not end the American Civil War, the Russian Civil War, the Spanish Civil War, or the Chinese Civil War in 1865, 1920, 1939, and 1949. Negotiations don't end civil wars. One side dominates one or the other. So there's no negotiated end to Syria, according to George Will in the Washington Post. So if we want to be involved, we'd have to pick a side and be on it. Firing missiles into Syria may be cathartic, but catharsis isn't foreign policy, he says. So he's one of the Republicans out there who's uh, not excited about this idea. Interesting. Uh, beautifully turned phrase as well. Speaking of the eloquent, please uh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Mike Lyons, CBS News military analyst. Uh, Mike, good morning, sir. How are you? Hi, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Uh, why don't we start, before we get to uh, the president's tweets and the wisdom of various policies, with your thoughts on whether it is uh, solid that the Assad regime, with Russia's and Iran's help, uh, launched a chemical attack in recent days. Do you believe they did? And it's not solid. Uh, so I've been looking at pictures on the Internet from the White Helmet guys for, uh, inside of Syria. They're showing pictures of canisters that they claim are chemical weapons canisters, and they're not. They're illumination canisters, and they look like they've been placed in certain ways. So I do think there's a disinformation campaign out there. And until you can get proof, I know Theresa May is looking for that kind of proof, you can send people on the ground to inspect the kind of chemicals they use. They quickly dissipate, so there won't be a lot of residue there. I do think we've got to be exactly sure. It's that whole thing about you've got to put people on the ground to make sure that that's the case. Now, are they capable of? Sure. It's hard to deliver chemical weapons. They usually come from helicopters in this case, um, not from rockets, not from artillery. That's too close. But, um, you know, again, and then they were claiming sarin. Sarin gas is a liquid form. It comes with high explosive. We don't see that in any of these pictures. Well, this one they're claiming is chlorine, I think. Yeah, and so and chlorine was not on that list that they were not supposed to get rid of. The Russians were taking care of that. So, um, again, it's not something that they should be doing, and, and it doesn't has no military utilitarian purpose whatsoever. It's, a, it's just a weapon of terror, uh, and it was against the group uh, that uh, he was trying to negotiate with, and they decided not to, and it broke down, and so he does this. I, it's, I, you know, the, the only reason we could decide to go after him is this post-World War II, countries of democracies win the war, saying we're never going to do this again. We've passed that opportunity up before, um, and now all of a sudden we've telegraphed the fact that we're going to shoot missiles inside Syria. It's just not – I'm surprised the president is doing this. It's going against what I thought was his basic instinct. Well, let's read the president's tweet again for anybody who hasn't heard it. Russia vows to shoot down any and all missiles fired at Syria. Get ready, Russia, because they will be coming nice and new and smart. You shouldn't be partners with a gas-killing animal who kills his people and enjoys it! Exclamation point. Your response to that? I, I, I don't know what to say. It's <laughs> the first time we've seen a president telegraph an attack. I mean, it violates everything he's said before in the past. Again, that doesn't shouldn't shock anybody. Um, and and it, it it's an act of war on some level. I, you know, again, Russia too. Russia is the only country in the world that is an existential threat to the United States. They can say, okay, United States, you're going to do this. We're here. Here comes 24 ICBMs. Goodbye, Washington. Goodbye, Kansas City. Goodbye, Chicago. I I don't get why he would telegraph that. Now, and again, I thought the time was going where uh, he was going to not do anything. But I'm now hearing from sources that uh, it looks like this attack is imminent. Imminent. Wow. Wow. Oh, boy. So are we down to um, just our stuff's better than your stuff with Russia? Just saying, we're going to do this, you can't stop us? Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Russia is just one-dimensional. They're one-trick pony. 
it's, it's all military power. They don't have a great economy. Um, and right now, look at how we've backed Vladimir Putin in the corner over the last few months with this attack that he took place in, in the U.K. and what's going on there and, 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 and diplomats. And, and, you know, we're not looking at this through the eyes of Russia, who, who seems to be victims uh, for the past hundred years. And so I don't, I don't know. Um, not a lot of empathy. Now, he did send that second tweet out that was more of a carrot to that first stick that he put out there. And, you know, he wants to do something, um, possibly talk to them. But Russia is not who we think they are. And I, I don't think that uh, this is going to cause them to change their behavior. Mike Lyons is online. Hey, Mike, just out of curiosity, I've heard uh, Russia described as having um, uh, essentially a third-rate military, a first-rate nuclear arsenal, but a third-rate military. Is that true? Well, what they have is mass, and what they have is um, people, um, 450 to 500,000 troops along the border within Western Europe that could um, easily attack, uh, you know, again, an unthinkable scenario, but a World War III scenario that they roll across the great northern German plain, because the Germans basically have disarmed over the past 20 years. They recognize that the U.S. nuclear power is a deterrence, and so if the Russians decide to come, then we're just going to nuke them, and that, that'll be the end of it. But, but if they wanted to, they could roll tanks and create a tremendous amount of havoc uh, into NATO countries. It just depends on what we think that they have to lose for it. Um, so they have capability, and what they have is a lot of it. We don't have the same level of troops there. I'm a numbers guy. Again, so are the Israelis, right? The Israelis the past few days have been attacking these positions inside of Syria because they recognize that the Iranians are moving military assets close to their border. Israel's good at math. They look at the numbers and they go, you know what, that's got to come out. And they send an F-15 after, and it comes out. So... Russia has mass, and I think that's something we've got to be concerned about. So Russia said today they will shoot down our missiles and they will shoot down the launch sites, which would be, or they will attack our launch sites, which would be aircraft carriers, right? So do you right. think Russia would actually do that? Yeah, that's. Um, let's hope we're not going to send pilots over Syria to drop bombs or anything like that, because the Tomahawk cruise missiles have limited capability in what they can do on the ground. We saw last time, you know, cratering an airfield, they can get fixed within 48 hours. Um, we got to look at the military targets that he's going to hit. But if, if they decide to go after our ships, then we've got an escalation that that's going to take place. Just if they hit one, I, you know, I, I don't. We're, we're, this 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 battle now is getting outside the boundaries of the geography because that's where the attack's going to come from. It's going to come from sea assets. Would we be better off just drawing certain lines for the protection of Israel? And saying, all right, Russia, you want it so bad. Iran, you want to hold sway in the region? Go ahead. We have no great strategic interest in this uh, particular stretch of sand. Yeah, I, I thought that that's what he was going to do when he said, the 2,000 troops that we have in Syria right now are doing nothing, holding nothing. And I'm not d- dismissing what their mission is. But when I watched Lindsey Graham talk about uh, over the weekend, the first thing is targeting Assad himself. That's a war crime. Let's just put that out there. But the second thing is about how we've got to hold this land now that we've taken, in, and we've got to be you know, ISIS 3.0. I mean, are you kidding me? The 2,000 troops that we have there are not even close to doing that mission. We don't want to send 50,000 troops there. We, 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 we don't want regime change. We don't, I don't get it. We've not learned anything from Libya. We've not learned anything from Iraq. And, and all the beer from the bleachers coming from Washington, D.C. pundits that are goading the president into making an attack. And I'm surprised he's kind of going for it, frankly. You know, it reminds me of my favorite quote of the last uh, 20 years, probably, about foreign policy. Uh, A German said it to an American uh, uh, journalist. He said, you Americans think you can solve everything. And I think Syria may be a case of that. I just think it may be an ugly blot on the planet for some time to come, and we shouldn't waste a lot of time, blood, and treasure 
uh, messing with it. But nothing there that is in our national interest. And, and, and the issue is we lull ourselves into this sense of air superiority, which is what we have, and we believe that we can do that. But I'll go back further, back to the times of the Romans that said, if you want to hold ground and keep ground, you've got to be willing to put your people in the mud, your troops in the mud, and endure that hardship. And, and we're nowhere near anywhere to do that right now. So we could fly over the territory, we can bomb it, we could do whatever you want to it, but the bottom line is you've got to put your, your youth in the mud to hold it. And, and there's no reason for us to do that at this point. Mike Lyons, military analyst. Mike, thanks a million. We appreciate okay, it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Looking at CBS this morning, U.S. airstrike imminent. They showed Nikki Haley um, at the U.N. yesterday. Because she was trying to get uh, the U.N. to investigate this chemical attack, and the Russians voted against investigating it in the uh, right. Security Council. Yeah. And she said, history won't... Uh. You. Well, first, she said, you're destroying the credibility of this body. And I thought, no, they're not. They're confirming the credibility of this body, I- unless you're an idiot. <laughs> my, my belief confirming is... Confirming the lack of credibility. My belief is they, that, they, that what they do is a lie. That's what their credibility is. They lie all the time. So I, I would judge them, and I think they confirmed that they, they're going to continue that yeah. as a body. And then the history will judge you have for being on the side of Syria. No, it won't. Nobody's going to pay any attention to that. History doesn't give a crap what they voted for one day in the Security Council. Either win or you don't win. That, that's the big history. Wow, then you're right to history. You know, I like the idea of the United States is the the... Is not my favorite alternative, but the world coming down on the use of chemical weapons. I like the idea that the world would unite and say, "No, we've we've outlawed this. It's it's utter cruelty. It's barbaric, etc. It's not even part of warfare where you're trying to kill people and wreck stuff. Uh, we won't have it." And I was heartened to hear uh, Angela Merkel finally find her balls. And, and she's a uh, she's a female. And I don't uh, believe she has testicles. Have you ever lifted up her skirt? What you see will shock you. But uh, she finally said, you know, Russia is completely out of line and awful and this will not stand, blah, blah, blah. I would like to see a giant universal coming together of uh, the civilized nations on Earth to condemn this and do something about it. Instead of just saying, hey, America, what are you going to do, man? You hear about that? What are you going to do? It's just, I don't know, it's just not good. I don't know. It's I go, not good for the international community. It's not good for our country. I don't know the right answer. I go back and forth on this. Uh, there's the there's the view you just went where you, the world says chemical weapons are a no-go by anyone, anywhere. If it ever happens, we all band together and say no. Okay, that's one view. If you're just going to go with the view of people dying, people die in horrific ways. Dying in chemical weapons would be awful, but so is a whole bunch of people coming into your village and chopping you up with machetes, and that right. happens all the freaking time, yes. where at least 40 people are, are killed. That's what we're talking about here. 40 people died in this chemical attack. 40 people die all the time. Boko Haram went into another school a couple of weeks ago and grabbed another couple hundred schoolgirls and took them off into the, into the forest to make sex slaves out of them, mm-hmm. and it hardly even made the news. Right. So, you know, what's our tolerance for awful things happening around the world? I would agree. There's a little trivia for you. You know why you use chlorine? Nope. Because people... Keep your pool uh, clean because people urinate in your pool even though they're not supposed to. People don't people are too lazy. in my pool. People are too I lazy. I don't consort. I don't hang out with people who urinate in pools. My pool is urine-free. It's got some so duck crap you in it, though. Think. So, anyway, uh, where were we? Why do people use chlorine? Oh, it's because uh, when bombings happen, people uh, hide in basements. They go underground, and chlorine is heavier than air, Mm. and it sinks. Gotcha. So you gas them where they're hiding from the bombs. That is pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, buddy. So is going to a school and macheteing people and stealing high school girls. Yes. And the world, that didn't even hardly make the paper. Right. Why are we not going after Boko Haram? 
You know, a big reason is there's not video of it. That's part of it. Well, yeah, and I don't even that's know part how of much that's that part video's of it. legitimate. I just that's part of it. If you if you uh, had a better PR effort of videos, I mean, if you had videos, but if you had a better PR effort on the world stage of these girls being snatched and taken off, it would help your case a lot. Or or a, an entire village getting chopped up with machetes, which mm-hmm. you keep mentioning. Sorry, folks, I know you're trying to get ready for work, but but that happens all the time. Yes, it does. It hardly even makes the newspaper. Yeah, I know. So is this uh, the uh, the bombing of Russia, and Putin is reprehensible, Assad's reprehensible, what they're doing is reprehensible, but is is it some sort of international virtue signaling? Exactly. That's what we're doing. And it's easy to get caught up in. I've been caught up in it myself, where you think, yeah. oh, this is awful, we should do something, and everybody says, yeah, we should do something, and we do something, and we ignore all these other bad things that happen, and then eventually you get to the, well, we can't fix the world, um, so we got to decide what's in our nation's interest. And then Mike Lyons doesn't think it is in our nation's interest to fix Syria. George Will's saying the only way you end these civil wars is by one side winning or not. True. Are we going to pick a side and help them win? No. We tried that. It failed miserably. Tried mm-hmm. to arm the moderate rebel groups who will, you know, merely throw homosexuals off a tower to their death and not beat them first and then throw them off the tower. Yeah. That's the moderate groups in the region. So, you know. Well, we'll keep our eye on the, uh, like everybody, on the news to see if attacks are launched while we're on the air today. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. You know, one final thought. There are not hard-won, decades-old, revered treaties where all the world's governments get together and say we won't machete people. There are about chemical weapons. Sure. Yeah, I get the argument. I get the argument. Do you? Senator, I do. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. you can complain too much at a restaurant a woman and her eight-year-old son used to love at this restaurant called the beef eater steakhouse um they they liked it they thought the food was good or whatever but apparently they had a problem with the staff on some level regularly complained about various things on multiple occasions at some point the restaurant sent her a letter uh, we believe that the Beef Eater restaurant is so clearly unable to meet your requirements in terms of the food quality and the level of service provided that it would be we would appreciate it, and it might be appropriate if you would kindly refrain from visiting the restaurant in the future. Wow. Apparently, you can reach a limit where they'll just say, you know what? Apparently, we just cannot make you happy. Why don't you eat somewhere else? That was very gently and uh, and, and politely put. Listen, you're going to bleep and rag no matter what we do, so go rag somewhere else. She said she couldn't believe it when she got the note, though she admitted complaining a handful of times. She said, I was livid. Surely it's my right to complain. That's also their right to just say, yeah, this is as good as it gets. Either you like it or you don't. Yeah, shut up. (laughs) I think we've made it clear through our words and actions that uh, the food's only this good and the service is only this good. Here's You want better food and service? 
Go spend 150 bucks. I'm still on the side of the restaurant, but here's her complaints. Okay. I've complained because the steaks weren't cooked as well as I would like, and once I want, waited over an hour for a meal. Another time, my son's burger was too tough for him to enjoy. The staff's always been great, she says. Why do you keep going back? Well, that's the thing, and at some point, you got to say, look, we're a, a restaurant of this quality. Right. We try kind of hard, but not that hard because, you know, it costs this much sure. for a burger. If you want a burger perfect, you go over there, it's 30 bucks. Yeah. If you get a burger for 8 bucks, sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. That's part of the $8 burger deal. About 80% <laughs> of the time, you're going to like your meal here. <laughs> a one out of five times, eh, not so much. That's the, well, is I, she that's in some I little treat, town with one restaurant or something like that's that? That's the way I treat restaurants. If I'm at a restaurant where the food is relatively cheap, and I, unless it's not like got a bug in it or inedible, I'm not going to complain. It's just, okay, this is what you are. Right. Vote it's, with your feet. Maybe give them one more chance. Everybody but, does But that. if I'm at a restaurant that's super expensive, I'm fairly picky. Yeah. I want my steak exactly the way I want it because it cost me $100. Right. <laughs> Vote with your feet. You mean like go to another restaurant. Don't take your shoes and socks off. Put them up on the table. <laughs> no. Right. This no, is what I, mean, I think go, of you guys. Go somewhere else, you idiot. <laughs> um, uh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. I have sent back steak to your fancy steak restaurants. Yeah. That, come on. This yeah. is People really expensive. That's right, Mr. President. This is not medium rare. This is mooing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Huh? What? No? Or well done like the president likes it. <laughs> Which, honestly, if he were some sort of combination of Cicero, Washington, and Abe Lincoln, and he liked his steaks well done, I couldn't vote for the guy. <laughs> but then I got to this diner I take the kids to now and then for pancakes. I get uh, I get the eggs over easy with the uh, chicken fried steak. Sometimes the middle of the egg is hard. Mm. Sometimes it's super runny, like mm. it's not been cooked at all. Mm. I don't even think twice about it. Mm. It's like seven bucks. Well, you could go what do you expect for seven bucks? You could go complain to the cook, but you'd have to learn, you know, Spanish. Oh, right. And, right. He, and he doesn't care, and he right. shouldn't. No. It's a $7 meal. You want this job, senor? You come back here. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's the bargain you strike, isn't yeah, it? sure. All right, then. So, listen, we got to get to more of uh, Mark Berserkerberg's uh, testimony before the uh, the Congress. Uh, we've got a lot of great tape for you. you got some really good grilling, some people really standing up for civil liberties and... and <laughs> And, uh, you know, against bias and that sort of thing, asking some good questions. There are also some doddering oldsters who had no idea what they were asking. There was one particularly embarrassing exchange between some old broad and Zuckerberg that was it, was it was so embarrassing it was tough to take. Ted Cruz brought it on the idea of all the politics of Facebook runs one direction. Yes. You're, you're, I appreciate it. You're that. particular about not having conservative views on have you ever blocked any liberal views? And that that's pretty good. Of course he's in a tough election in Texas, but it's yeah. still a good uh, still a good argument. Well, I appreciate him making the point cuz it is wildly one-sided. And the uh, interesting thing is he came off remarkably non-dushy. For him, he just seemed like a smart, quiet, earnest guy. Mark Zuckerberg actually sitting in a booster seat. (laughs) Well, he's not very tall. What is he supposed to do? Plus the Michael Cohen raid. Now we know what it was about. We know what they were looking for. Yeah. Awesome. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Trump puts Russia and Syria on notice. Missiles are coming. We'll hear from the U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Paul Ryan stepping down. Got some of his comments. And don't sweat the small stuff. It will kill you. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I know the missiles are coming, but are they nice, new, and smart? That's what I'm wondering. Oh, they are, according to the president's tweet. Oh, that's a nice touch, Mr. President. (laughs) On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Announcing he's not running for a re-election, so he'll be done soon. And uh, when, when is the last time anybody is at at his age voluntarily said, you know, I don't want to be 
What would? He, what is he? Third, 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 third most powerful person. Third in line to the presidency. I don't want to be that. I'm just, Nancy Pelosi is nearly dead. She's yeah. got one foot in the grave, and she's holding on to the hope that the Dems take back and she'll be speaker once again. Paul Ryan saying, yeah, I could probably do this the rest of my life, but I, I don't want to because it's not going the direction I want, so well, I'm out. And he says, I want to go home and raise my kids. Um, Good the, for him. The era of me being able to sneak into political fundraisers because I resemble the Speaker yeah. of the House is coming yeah. to an end. You do look oh. a lot like him. And keep in mind, Nancy Pelosi did sign a pact with Satan. Really? So, so she's got that. Paul Ryan is, at his core, a small government guy. Yeah. He just passed one of the biggest spending gifts in the history of big government. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. Um, he lives in the age of Trump. He probably just thinks this is not my time. Right. I got my, lots of options. My talents don't match the time. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here! Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, I got to tell you, this morning the Syrian situation really, really heating up. Russia just announcing it's deploying troops to the Syrian town of Doma, the site of that purported chemical attack. Now, if the Russians and the Syrians didn't use a chemical uh, weapon against their own citizens, then why is Russia sending troops there to make sure nobody can investigate? Huh? You got an answer for that? Smart guy? No, because they did it. (laughs) Earlier, President Trump telling Russia to get ready for whatever he's planning in response to that chemical weapons attack. He took to Twitter this morning following a Russian diplomat's claim any U.S. missiles fired at Syria will be shot down and their launch sites will be targeted. The president tweeting Russia vows to shoot down any and all missiles fired at Syria. Well, get ready, Russia, because they're going to be coming nice and new and smart. You shouldn't be partners with a gas-killing animal who kills his people and enjoys. U.S. Ambassador... What? Wow. 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 Hmm. I don't know, because he, he said in his next tweet that the this is the worst relations between the U.S. and Russia, right. including the Cold War. Right. I don't know if we ever had leaders, you know, vowing to, 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 to attack each other like this. Right before they're going to, yeah. probably. Well, as uh, I've made it clear earlier, Jack, and I'd forgotten to reset my catchphrase uh, for like an hour, we're living in trumpestuous times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Getty. The, the shooting our missiles out of the air, now you get to do that, and that's, you know, no skin off our nose. I, you know, I thought we could get a bye. We, right. you know, we, that, that, that's not going to drive us crazy. You attack our aircraft carrier, though, and kill some people? Or that's a destroyer be, or what have that's you. That's going to be a full-on, we'll be at war. That's a different thing. That's the difference between jawing at each other, uh, just to make a metaphor, and actually throwing a punch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At the U.N., our U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley earlier this week was referring to the Syrian President Assad after the attack, saying... Only a monster does this. Only a monster targets civilians and then ensures that there are no ambulances to transfer the wounded. No hospitals to save their lives. No doctors or medicine to ease their pain. Ambassador Haley going yes, after... Yes, that is what a monster does. That is what he is. That's what he has been now for, what is it, seven years? Yeah, trying to terrorize the uh, and, uh, people into compliance. We've known that the whole time. His dad was the same thing, and, uh, and the world puts up with it. I mean, I don't know. Ambassador Haley going after Russia as well at the time. Russia could stop this senseless slaughter if it wanted. But it stands with the Assad regime and supports without any hesitation. Then Ambassador Haley appealed to the other U.N. members assembled. History will record this as the moment when the Security Council either 
discharged its duty or demonstrated its utter and complete failure to protect the people of Syria. Well, that's what they do. That's what the Russia and China always vote with the evil people on the Security Council. That's just the way it works. And the history will judge Russia or whatever. God, we, we've. I suppose you need to say that. I suppose, but we got to get over this idea that Putin gives a crap. Right? Some You're point, going to shame him? He, he, How? He said, "Hey, I, I, I don't care. Right? I'm the richest man in the world, and I, I'll kill anybody I got to kill to keep it. You are you just catching on to that? And I don't care if history thinks I'm a bad guy. It doesn't matter. How do I have to grab you by the shirt and shake you to say, look? I'm an awful person. I know. (laughs) Why the long speeches? You're killing me with this. Nikki Haley, by the way, daughter of Bill Haley of Rock Around the Clock fame and actress Haley Mills. That's correct. Did not know that. little trivia. House Speaker Paul Ryan is not going to be running for re-election. He was telling reporters this morning. To be clear, I am not resigning. I intend to pull my serve term as I was elected to do. What? But I will be retiring in January leaving this majority in good hands with what I believe is a very bright future. God, I just saw him put up the, you know, the immediately the who will replace him, and they put up Kevin McCarthy's picture. Didn't everybody decide he's he's, he's not qualified? Well, he's been called a half-wit in some quarters. <laughs> I didn't think he would. Well, I guess he's the, he, well, he's the whip or whatever. You got to consider him for the job. He's a half-wit. <laughs> well. <laughs> Ryan, going on to explain he really does want to spend more time with his family. Um, some of you know my story. My dad died when I was 16. Uh, the, the daughter, the age my daughter is. And I just don't want to be one of those people looking back at my life thinking I spent more time with my kids when I know if I spend another term uh, they will only know me as a weekend father. God, I don't know how you do it now. Um, and I'm always amazed how the uh, the world of Sports, politics, whatever. When anybody says they want to spend more time with their family, it's always laughed at. You right. know, there are people that actually do right. want to be around while their kids are growing up. There's there's people that actually want to do that. And they're willing to turn down fame, money, and power to have that time. Good for him. And it's probably worth pointing out that this country was designed so that that's not that big a deal if we have a different Speaker of the House. Sure. Because the government's not supposed to be involved in every single thing that happens. But, you know, that, you know, that's just the rantings of a bitter old man. Turns out that Facebook stock is up after the Mark Zuckerberg's hearing on Capitol Hill yesterday. Because he, he used the booster seat. If he'd been sitting down there with his chin on the table. <laughs> Looking like the child he is, that would be humiliating. <laughs> he apparently managed Senator! To, he apparently managed to reassure investors with his testimony Tuesday. Now, today, he's appearing before the House which is a rather raucous bunch of uh, folk. Yeah. Zuckerberg in the high house. They got an election yeah. coming up. They really got to score points. Yeah, yeah. so there so you we go. Will but, see but, but we've seen his uh, playbook now. It is, I'll have to get back to you on that. He said it 15 times. That's a lot of times. Congresswoman, I'd be happy to get back to you on that. I don't know the answer as I sit here, but we'll get that for you. Yeah. There you go. That's and your- again, you got a smartphone with you, don't you, Zuki? Text somebody back at the home office. Say, hey, this uh, this chick's asking me, you know, how many people do we have working on X? Right. Five minutes later, he has an answer. Congresswoman, I'd be happy to get back to you on that. Well, half of that stuff he knows the answer to anyway. Probably so, yeah. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
Marshall, part of the liberal media ignoring the witch hunt against the president, I can tell you why they <laughs> raided Michael Cohen's office. Okay, I, I haven't heard enough. My data sources on have spoken out clearly. Okay, do you have information the rest of us don't know? I don't know what you know. <laughs> Good answer. People who follow the mainstream media, do you know stuff that those people don't know? Maybe not. <laughs> I'd be happy to get back to you with that information. <laughs> Senator! That's hilarious that he sat on a booster seat. I just... It's a tough call. Which will I get mocked for more? Sitting low in the chair like a child or sitting on a booster seat? They, they had to discuss that for a while. Well, how teeny is he? Or do they have some sort of novelty humiliation seat there in the Senate so that everybody's sitting about two feet off the ground while they tower in their big chairs? Unless you're 6'8", you look like a child. Right. I don't know. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I just want you to imagine if instead of reading his lawyer's files, Searching. they went after doctor's files, or they went after spousal files, or confessions to a priest or a rabbi. Uh, in what context? If this were, Hillary, if this were uh, an investigation. If Hillary of an investigation been, of what? If Hillary Clinton had been elected president, and they were investigating her emails, and they went they after did. her lawyer's files, and they went after her lawyer's files, you would be up in arms, the ACO. You would it depends be up in arms, on the context. Legal. Of course it does. And the first thing you should do is try to get the material through other sources. If you're Alan Dershowitz there arguing with uh, the Cuomo boy on CNN, I, a really interesting discussion. And, and, you know, if you're into the law and the Constitution, it was it was great to hear Alan Dershowitz standing up for the uh, the Fourth and Sixth Amendment. Um, Clinton supporter. Right. Alan Dershowitz. So it's not yeah. a Trump thing. Yeah. Um, and he really did a great job of calling out the ACLU, which has become entirely a one-sided outfit. I used to have great faith in the ACLU. I thought they were excessive at times in various ways, but, you know, perfect is often the enemy of good enough. And so I supported the ACLU, but boy, have they been twisted in recent years. Anyway, uh, they're talking about the raid of Michael Cohen, President Trump's personal attorney, and importantly, his fixer. Trump has a problem. Cohen goes and fixes it. Bare knuckled, semi gangstery, smart lawyer, he's, big checkbook. He started as a car accident lawyer in New York. That was his thing. So yeah. he's, he's one of those people. He's a brawler. He's a tough guy. And sometimes he writes checks, sometimes he breaks necks. But he solves President Trump's problems. And according to sources close to the investigation, who I spoke to, I didn't speak to them, I read about him. The pre- the federal prosecutors who, who who grabbed everything, and I mean everything, from his home, his office, the hotel he's temporarily staying in while his house is remodeled, and some other office of his, um, everything, for, even grabbed up his cell phones, said, you got to give me your cell phones. Wow. Everything. They're seeking records related to paying off Stormy Daniels, uh, Stephanie Clifford, and the exploit boy model Karen McDougal. It's all about the tramps. Now, we were told that some have objected to my use of the term whore to describe Stormy Daniels. I'd like to apologize. 
to actual whores because she's a hoary whore, 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 whore. Now, and, McDougal, and she, and McDougal, they're people who... McDougal yeah. and Trump were in love, though, according to her. If you're in love with somebody and then it falls apart, you don't sell the story no. in intimate details. Yeah, I don't get I do. that. <laughs> Sean does, just to clarify. Yeah. So they're they're looking for records, communications, financial uh, transaction records, etc., about payoffs to those two gals. That's why the feds raided Trump's lawyer. But is this, this is all... so reminiscent of the Clinton thing because it's got nothing to do with the original investigation. But is this all going to be then Federal Election Commission violation stuff? Because it's not that big amount of money. This sort of thing happens all the time with 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 money getting thrown around that's in violation of uh, various election laws. I think that... it's more likely it's going to be state violation of state banking laws okay. for okay. lying about what he was doing with the money or how he got it or something. Cohen is saying, look, it was an existing home equity line of credit. And I took 130 grand out against the value of my home, which, and I paid off the whore. Which, as I heard yesterday, he didn't have to tell the bank what he was going to use it for. Right. Which right. has been my experience. I don't so, know what the... Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so is the reason this getting so much attention? Well, one, it's Trump. Two, uh, it's got the sexual angle because giant boobed sex uh, workers yes. violating state banking laws is not that big a story. No, he's not gonna he's not gonna be booted out of office for that or anything. He's I, not gonna be impeached for that. While I am really interested in Alan Dershowitz's view that this was way too wide a net to cast, given attorney-client privilege. And that they should have subpoenaed not everything, but specific things about specific topics. Because what what happens now is a ah, FBI agent now goes through everything and decides whether it's known protected as a, or not. a a uh, part uh, of the taint team. He's he is the taint team. That's right. Son you need a team. Hey hey boss, can we come up with a different name? Why? I don't want to be on the taint team. Why is that? We need to make uh, sure the evidence is not tainted. All the boys at the bowling league are going to make all kinds of jokes. I'm sorry, I don't understand. I don't, I don't want to be on the taint team. It's the taint team. You work on the taint. <laughs> you seek out the taint and see where it is. You give a good good once over. That's right. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that stuff is very, very interesting to me. Um, but, you know, to stick to the, the main thread of the thing, if... If Mueller and his boys came across something that they found so significant and compelling that they handed it to the, uh, did you say Giuliani appointed Trump supporting a DA there in Manhattan, and he got a judge to say, yeah, go, you can go in and get everything Cohen's got. It feels to me like nobody knows or nobody I've heard talking, and I don't know what was in that warrant. I, I want to know because I find it extraordinary that they're doing this. But even if they're all completely guilty of uh, they transferred wire across the state lines for horish reasons or whatever. <laughs> whatever Just <laughs> idea. I believe that's penal code 729.5. <laughs> whatever violations there are. Right. And, and they even violated federal election law. That That's not going to bring down the presidency. There'll be a fine or uh, right. I don't know. Somebody got to pay something back plus 10%. Maybe Cohen gets disbarred or something like that but it's not going to have any effect like on Clinton. <laughs> it's not going to have any effect on Trump is it 
Uh, just political. Just it further. I don't think it's even going to have much quote, effect. Quote unquote weakens his presidency. No, that's the, how much of his base is going to say I won't. Uh, I won't vote for a guy whose lawyer, you know, has money across state lines to silence whores. Um, no, I, I think the intent is to weaken his presidency, to find scandal and tar him with it. I think the effect may be just the opposite, particularly for the core. You know, this is and and this is an unfortunate metaphor, but this is a little bit like Putin. Uh, in Russia, Russians see attacks on Putin as the outside trying to hurt the Russian people. Trump supporters see investigations into Trump as the swamp monsters biting back. And, you know, most of the time they're right. I, I think Trump's a goof in a lot of ways, as I've made clear. But, um, no, I don't think this quote-unquote scandal will do anything to hurt his support. No, yeah, so... Uh... When they originally went into the office, the when the headlines broke and everything like that, everybody was talking about Russia, this and that, and sort of stuff. Okay, that could have been huge. Sure. But if it's all about the girls, then I, I just, where does this go? Like I said, even if they're guilty of the stuff, you violated federal election law. Okay, whoop-de-doo. We're not going to boot a president out of, out of office for that. Yeah, somebody, you know, misfiled their taxes claiming that an expenditure on ex-Playboy model Karen McDougal was an investment. I'm supposed to get all excited about that? Well, there might be a spreading war in Syria between us and Russia. It's the sort of thing, you know, you probably ought to know about. Liz Sly, the excellent Liz Sly of the WAPO, will join us. She knows the players in the region better than anybody we talk to. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.